2016 in 2006. The finals last time out. On the back foot here. Welcome to the Buddha Podcast with your hosts, Matt Crum and Jake Lucas. This time my beer was foamy, Jake. <laughs> but you didn't spill it. Nope. That's good. I did not spill it. I did not spill it. It probably got a little shaken up as yours did on the way over here. Because where are we, Jake? We're in a new spot. We're in the official Booted Podcast studio. That's right. Presented, That's right. Presented by no one. Presented by... Alice and Nomura. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and Crosby. And Crosby. <laughs> yes, we uh, we just recently moved into a different um, setup. We were just in like a one bedroom apartment. Now we're in a townhouse with our own private studio and office space. Yes, yeah. I just got a tour. It's pretty amazing. They've got a nice two floors, which you know, as an Arlington resident, if you have two floors, you've made it. Yeah, you've I, made it. But I didn't even show you like the prize attraction, the USA jerseys I have. Oh. I just realized I have them all, like, right over there. You have them all collected in one place. Yes, I do. I actually wow. did that for the World Cup to get ready to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to wear for each game. And uh, hopefully I can wear all of them. Well, maybe. I think I think you need to tweet. I think Buddha Podcast needs to tweet out a picture of, of you and every one of them. It's true. I don't know if I can fit in some of them, though. <laughs> There's one from uh, high school. One from high school? Yeah, the 06 uh, World Cup one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you've got 11 days, Jake, so you just hit the Peloton really hard. Yeah, and start running and walk up all these hills here. Yes, yes, he's in the hilly neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. So where are these new digs? Yeah. And you know what? We're 11 days from the Wales game. Yes. And we have a roster. Yeah, which, uh, I don't know, when I first got it, I wasn't super excited about, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, you had a you had some mixed emotions, huh? I did. That's what research does to you. Yes, makes you level set, and emotions get back the best of you if you look at stuff real quick. They do. They yeah. do. Those first five minutes of the roster release, I'm sure everybody was on edge. Yeah, but you know what? We'll talk about it, and then we're gonna talk about how we're gonna support all twenty six. All twenty six. Yeah. So it happened. So it happened yesterday. We're recording on November 10th. The roster release was yesterday, November 9th at 5 p.m. Eastern. I was done with work at that time and watched the little ESPN special on it. I knew it was kind of going to be an awkward thing. Those are always awkward. They announced the people, like a few of them that came out. Basically, the MLS guys came out and they asked them like two questions each. Kind of awkward. And then Berhalter came out. He's not very good at being like, Super excited. Mm-hmm. Like, pumped. I don't yeah. know. But that's kind of like what you want in a manager, though, right? Just like even keel and not just like the guy that's overly emotional. Like, positive. If that makes sense. Not like Herrera, Mexico's old... Ah, uh... uh, Herrera, like... That's a little <laughs> too emotional right there. <laughs> fire in his eyes. Yeah, fire in his eyes. What goes and punches a reporter because he's so fired up. Yes, yes. Yeah, you know, Borhalter's Bar- more even keeled. He's he's a center back. He's a center back like us. He's he's got you know he's got to check on his emotions. Yeah. All right. Well, it's out. So we're gonna go through the roster. We're gonna talk about our reactions. Um, what do we think about the final selections? I think it's more. I think most people's reactions are on players 
probably 18 through 26. Players 1 through 18, everybody's probably in agreement on. But Yeah, but let's but, be let's be real before we dive into it. How many of those people, 18 to 26, are going to see minutes? That's exactly a point I'm going to make later in the show, Jay. Ah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Matt. I stole your thunder. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. And and that's and ultimately, yeah, it's it's those those people that are there for the locker room vibes, and we'll get into all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we never really resolved this. What are we doing for the World Cup? Still a lot of planning, I should say. Jake just moved into his new place. <laughs> yeah, still need to hang up the TV. Yes, um, but. Got the afternoon off uh, for the Wales game. Okay. So we'll be doing something there. And then hopefully you'll be watching the game with one of our avid listeners over Thanksgiving since I'll be at his house. Shout out to Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. It's it's exciting for you, but it's it's sad for me. We will not be able... Jake and I will not be able to watch the England game together. <sighs> but we will be texting each other yes. during the whole time. Maybe, if not on video chat. Yeah, maybe even calling, so... If Watch not it. on video chat. Yeah. If anything crazy happens, I will immediately video chat you. Yeah, and then in the Iran map game, I have to be in the office that day, so not sure what uh, we'll be doing for that, if anything. Yeah. Well, hey, we'll be together for the Wales game. That's the craziest. I think that's going to be the craziest atmosphere game. I think the rest of the ones are just going to be so nervous, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll do something. We'll live it up. Yes, we will. It only happens once every four years. It's every four, four years, four and a half man. years. And we're well, 11 days. Well, yeah, now it's like four years plus a couple months. <laughs> but the positive thing is we're only three and a half years away yes. from the next World Cup, which we're hosting. <laughs> we're under four years from the next World yeah. Cup. So oh, like, man. Yeah, a lot of savings going on. That That's fun. Yes. I also just submitted my time off request from 1 p.m. on for the Wales game. <laughs> nice. So, you know, I'll work very hard, boss, In the uh, from 9 to 11. Hit your no, KP- sorry, hit, 9 to 1. Hit your KPIs early. Hit <laughs> KPIs, that's right. That's right. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's kind of, as far as live updates, Jake, I mean, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. Thanksgiving is kind of crowded out by this this World Cup. I mean, if we, if we do a Christmas edition of this, it'll be during the World Cup. So I think the next time we do this might be during the World Cup. Oh, 100%. Yeah. We might have to do it right after the Wales game. Yeah, in a, in an immediate reaction reaction pa- pa- yeah. podcast. Only 10 minutes, and we are either celebrating or just yelling. Or crying. Or everything in between. I don't know if this team's going to make me cry, though. It could make me cry. I, I could shed a few tears. Dang. If we don't score any goals in the first two games... Oh, I'm jinxing it. I'm jinxing it. I'm jinxing it. <laughs> Anyways... What are we... Well, actually, let's before we get there. So we're going to talk about the roster. We're going to talk about also Wales and England. We're just going to mention... We're not going to dive too deep. But Wales and England have also released their roster. We're just going to briefly discuss some headlines there. Basically what you expect. Crosby's here. Hello. Hello. What would you like to say? He heard that we were going to talk about Wales and England. What do you think about that, Crosby? <laughs> He's excited. He is excited to talk about Wales and England. Are you a... Is he an England fan, Jake? Have you raised him wrong? No, he is not. He actually hates England. Do you have a jersey for him? I do Should not. we get jerseys for our dogs? I don't know, but I think Crosby could wear one of mine. Probably. Your 2006 one, right? Yes. <laughs> well, he's very excited after that agenda. So, Crosby, what do you think? Can we, can we start talking about it? And he's also about to 
knock over our recording device. And beers and... And beers and everything else that yeah, is in this the room. destructive dog that he is. Yes, yes. And now he's just licking everything. So, fun, okay. fun times. Welcome to the studio, Crosby. Welcome to the studio. All right, and then, and then we'll... So we'll talk about that, and then we'll talk a little bit about the... Just kind of the tactics, what we, what we kind of estimate for the Wales game. I've got some interesting theories on that, but we'll see. We'll see. So we'll talk about that as well. And Crosby, you'll be right here with us every step of the way. <laughs> All right, Jake, what are we drinking tonight? Yeah, so tonight I'm uh, trying something new from Fairwinds. It's called Howling Gale IPA. Ah. Yeah. Recently just picked it up from 7, uh, 7-Eleven That's right. 15 your, minutes ago. Your new neighborhood 7-Eleven. Yes. That's right. So what, what's, the, what's the taste profile? Is it just kind of nice citrusy, hoppy kind of deal? Yeah, just like a normal IPA. Okay. A little kick, citrus kick, but pretty uh, pretty good. Standard. Yeah, 7% seven, 7% alcohol. So. Oh, my. Oh, Matt, what are you drinking? Yes. So I am also doing something new. In honor of the excitement around this World Cup, I am drinking something called Dragon's Milk White. It is a bourbon barrel, a bourbon barrel aged white stout. It, you know, we kind of inherited from some friends that were moving it out, and I just kind of it's been sitting in the fridge, and I thought, you know what, tonight's the night. So it's a New Holland Brewery, quite tasty. I'm yeah. not sure if you're a stout guy, but I it's quite tasty. I, I've had the dragon's milk before. It's pretty good. It's very good, actually. Yeah. It's it's time to it's time to embark on a new adventure. The World Cup is here. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yeah. Is there even like a theme song this year for the World Cup? You know, did you watch the draw? I did not. Also very weird. They had this like animated storyline with a mascot that was like a floating. I don't even know what you call it, like a floating face that talked about the history of Qatar and the World Cup and things like that. Very weird. You got to go back and see it. So we'll see what they. There's got to be a theme song. There's got to be a theme song. Jake's looking it up right now. Yeah. So I'm looking up the mascot. So it looks like one of the headpieces. Yeah, like the headpieces, the traditional headpieces that they wear. Yeah. In that part of the world, I don't know what it's called. I don't want to even guess at what it's called but yeah it's what as a floating one of those that talks <laughs> if you didn't watch the draw it is a interesting interesting experience <laughs> so you know in the past we've had shakira with the songs i think that was the africa the south yeah, the waka south, waka. yeah south, yes that was a great that's probably my favorite theme song well, it's Brazil's. Brazil's was, like, pretty intense, too. I don't remember Brazil's. I don't remember 2018's. 2018 was just, like, it was a weird European mashup. Yeah. Yeah, the, the last good one is definitely Shakira Waka Waka for the, yeah. for the South Africa World Cup. That's yeah, I feel sure. like last World Cup, they tried to do, they tried to do, like, uh, Seven Nation Army every time, like, they started playing a game. Uh, it would be like, duh, 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 that's duh, right. Because that's where the Chucky Lozano yes. came from. Yes, Chucky Lozano, that's where that came from. That's yeah. right. But 2014 was Pitbull and Shakira. Oh. We are one, the Ole, Ole Ola. That one was, right. a, that was a pretty good song, right, too. Right, 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 right. So the bottom line is we need to get Shakira involved in this because bangers, bangers for, for theme songs. Yeah, 2018, live it up. 
by Nikki Jam. <laughs> no idea. Don't even know who that is. So. No idea. It's like is. little baby, little bay, little baby. What is that? This year's? Is, is that a person? Yes, it is. It's called Better Together. Better Together. Yeah. Might need to try to listen to that later. Okay, well. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a full breakdown of the song on the next podcast. <laughs> After we've heard it a couple times at the World Cup. Yes, hopefully 2026 can be Country Roads. Oh, wow. Wow, that would be something. That yeah. would be something. I mean, it'll be Country Roads take me home to Texas for the final. Presented by Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be great. Okay, let's get into it, Jake. Let's get into it. We have our roster. We have 26 men, which for this World Cup is an increase by three players from what you usually get for a World Cup. Every other World Cup, it's been 23 players. So there's three additional players that otherwise would not be available in a normal World Cup year. But let's start in the back. Let's start with goalkeepers. Probably the headline news. Zach Steffen will not be taking part. Mm -hmm. Matt Turner, Sean Johnson... And Ethan Horvath are our three goalkeepers. What were, what was your initial reaction when you saw Stefan was not going? My thought was, you have somebody that played every single game for qual- World Cup qualifying. He was your guy. I think he maybe missed the Canada game. He got every single. So so that was the whole thing. Zach Stefan shared time with Matt Turner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was your guy for quite a while. But most recently, yes. Yes, and then I feel like. I thought he was a shoe-in to be at least one of the three goalies on the roster. Yeah. But I think if we look at clutch situations this whole year, or like even like through the tournament's last few years, the two that like definitely should have made it are Matt Turner and Eden Horvath. Eden Horvath? Yeah. And because reason, of his club form? Not because it's because of his club form. And then also coming in and being that substitute goalie and extra time in penalty kicks for uh because of his heroics. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, I think, like, he could be kind of like that goalie. Like, if we do get extra time and go to penalties, like, we can throw him in and try to win on okay. PK. So I think that's good. But I'm surprised that Sean Johnson made it in over Stefan. You know, I think I see it because Sean Johnson might be the best goalkeeper with his feet mm-hmm. of the entire pool. So I think that and combined with two solid seasons in a row, winning the MLS Cup with NYCFC last year and then getting a, getting to the conference semifinals this year and having some pretty good saves in that in that conference final. Uh, sorry, conference final, not semifinal. I, I was watching him in those last MLS games, and he looked great. So it was probably that form contrasted with Zach Steffen's up-and-down form for Middlesbrough this year that put him over the top, is my guess. Yeah, because I think we, anytime like we saw Zach Steffen, a highlight of him, it was him giving up a horrible goal. Right. And there right. wasn't anything like him standing on his head. And then you saw Sean Johnson do pretty well, but he also gave a bad goal in the playoffs. He did. He did. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't all perfect for Sean Johnson. But... Yeah, but we, we look, I feel, I feel confident with any three of those going into there trying to win a game. Yeah. And Berhalter even said in the, in the roster release show that they're leaning towards. Matt Turner is number one, which I think we would expect. By the way, amazing story at Matt Turner. I didn't know the full details of this. Matt Turner didn't even start playing soccer full-time until he was like a sophomore in high school. Mm -hmm. 
Didn't didn't make his varsity soccer team until he was a junior in high school. Didn't start playing club soccer until he was a uh, like a freshman or sophomore in high school. So very late comer to the game. Not only that, he played for Fairfield University. I think that's in New York or something. Yeah, is that even Division One? I, th- I think it is Division One. But he was on the get this. This is the craziest part. He was on SportsCenter Not Top Ten for a terrible goal that he gave up. Everybody at home, go look at that terrible, not Sports Center, not top ten goal that he gave up, uh, Matt Turner. It is incredible, and then for all of that to happen, and he still gets to the MLS, does well, gets a dream move to Arsenal. Probably one of the best stories on this team, if not the best. So congratulations to you, Matt Turner. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> Okay, Jake, you want to take us through the defenders? Can you take us through the defenders? Yes. <clears throat> so I can take us through the defenders. But the other thing I want to point out... Which, On the goalkeepers. Okay. Goalkeepers, which is kind of shocking for me that Stefan didn't go instead of Sean Johnson, is Burhalter was talking about how Matt Turner is playing day in and day out in training against people that are going to be at the World Cup and playing against him at the World Cup. Uh... So like, if you think about it, like if the... Think we're always talking about it, like we'll talk about it with the forwards too. You want people playing, you want people getting minutes and being in the right form. But when we talked about it originally, it's how much like does that practice and stuff like help them affect them. Um, so yeah. if if Zach Steffen is with Man City, does he get called in because he's going and playing with Cal Walker, John Stones, Phil Foley? Ah, uh, if he's still on like Man City, them. yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, because Matt Turner's teammates is uh, are Bakoyo uh, Saka, mm-hmm. Arsenal, wi- or Arsenal winger, ben White. and Ben White, an Arsenal defender that just got called up. And so, yeah, there's familiarity there. No, There's a little bit secret knowing of the tendencies. Of course, there's also a secret knowing from those two players on him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. But yeah, let's get through uh, the defenders and probably like one shock on this one. Not a not a shock per se, but a very surprised name that uh, we I think we both thought he was going to be on here or something to watch out to early on in uh, the cycle. Um, but kicking it off, uh, Cameron Carter Vickers from uh, Celtic, um, one of the four center backs in the squad. Uh, Serginio Des as uh, a right back, Aaron Long. Um, as a center back who got roasted by Kevin Perez back in 2020 and was... <laughs> Thank you for that yeah, ancient nugget there. was something really, really great that I watched. Uh, the surprise name, Shaq Moore. Um, Shaq Moore, yes. was somebody we were really high on when he was playing in La Liga, went down to the second division in Spain and recently moved to Nashville SC. That's right. And played right. there uh, with uh, Walker Zimmerman. Yes. Uh, who also made the team. Walker Zimmerman. Yep. And then... Um, my happy moment was Tim Ream. Uh, Tim Ream. Uh, team, Tim Ream Redemption Tour. That's 2013 right. 2013 to now. That's right. Really excited to see him and hopefully uh, make an impact at the World Cup. Uh, Jedi, sorry, Jedi Robinson. Yes. Uh, former Everton legend who now plays for Fulham. Jim <laughs> uh, Scally, uh, which he's a very young guy and plays for... Borussia Mönchengladbach. Wow, well done. Well yes, done on that. Thank you. And then the surprise, one of the surprise guys from 2014, DeAndre Yedlin, is uh, back at his second World Cup. And then, as we talked about, Walker Zimmerman. So looking at the 
the squad too. Like one thing is that's pretty cool is a lot of these players are from Georgia. <laughs> from I, Georgia. Yeah. Well, so during the during the announcement show, it was either it was either I feel like it was either New York, Texas, California, or, California or Georgia yeah, or Washington. Well, yeah, DeAndre yeah. Edlin was Washington, mm-hmm. but yeah. So who who else besides Zimmerman is from Georgia? I know Zimmerman's from Georgia. Yeah, Shaq like, Moore, right? Yeah, Shaq Moore and Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson also from Georgia. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that yeah. So that there was a couple of surprises for me. I thought that Reggie Cannon was going to be in this camp instead of Shaq Moore. But when I actually looked into Reggie Cannon's season this year, mm-hmm. he's been playing as a center back solely for his club team in Portugal. So I'm wondering if that if Berhalter thought that, well, we really need to get a true, true right back in this camp to cover for any craziness that goes on on the outside backs. And I think the other factor is obviously the partnership with Walker Zimmerman that now Shaq Moore has played with him for about half a season. So there you go. You have you have partnership. You have dual partnerships. You have Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson on one side. And you have Shaq Moore and Walker Zimmerman. We don't we don't think that's going to be the starting lineup, but should things go crazy, it might that, be. Uh, it might be one of these see. games. So that was so. At first, I was a little angry that Shaq Moore, but then I thought about it, and and he's again, he's one of those guys that probably won't see the field unless there's multiple injuries, in my opinion. Yeah, and I I was going to try to do like the head to head stats too, and they're very comparable, um, just like the starting times, minutes played, but. Uh, Shaq Moore has an assist, and he's also played a few minutes as a right winger. Yeah. So, like, when you look at that, um, he's a right winger, but also has the experience of playing for a youth national team at a World Cup, which I think Reggie Cannon does as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, that I, I'm okay with that. I mean, Cannon's probably disappointed that he would have gone on the team, but but you know, he had an up and down last couple of years, so it's it's not. It's not all on Greg's decisions. You had every opportunity too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's talk about Tim Ream. I am I was pretty shocked. I actually thought that Tim Ream mainly because of Burhalter's wish to make this a young team that could potentially go to World Cups. I I just thought they weren't going we weren't going to bring him. Mm-hmm. I I didn't really have an opinion on whether that was good or bad. I I actually did not think we were going to I thought it was going to be somebody like Mark McKenzie who you know had enough has had an up and down couple of years but his team are the top of the Belgian league and he's been playing every single minute for them. So I thought well that's probably good enough to get you to the World Cup but what say you on Tim Ring? Were you shocked? I was not shocked. Okay. Like we you have somebody playing in the Premier League every single weekend. He's the captain of the team. He brought the team back for the championship to the top division. And apparently, Tim Ream, what, after the Man City game, Pep came up to Tim Ream and said, hey, if you were 24, you would be playing for me. So I, I, Interesting. Think, I think we gave a lot of hate to Tim Ream because he didn't have like, a, like other people to help like support him in the back too. And we basically were an old team <clears throat> without any younger players coming in. And it was just a mess back and some bad occasions back in 2000, going into the 2018 World Cup. And yep. it always stuck with him. But 
I feel like for Fulham, he's a solid player. Yeah. He's winning the ball. Like the first few games, like I just remember seeing him go win the ball in the back, carry it forward, and create chances. And yeah. I think like the way he plays and even if he's there just for leadership, he can step in if either starting center back gets hurt and he could be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I I mean, talk about a late career renaissance. The guy's 35 and playing the best ball of his life. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, and so, I, I, you know, you have to think that he is third on the depth chart because, like it or not, U.S. men's national team fans, it looks like it's going to be Zimmerman and Long as the starters just based on reps alone uh, and what we know from Burhalter, at least for the Wales game. After the Wales game, maybe we see that switch up. I, I, but I do think the pecking order is Zimmerman, Aaron Long, then Ream, and then Carter Vickers. And on the Carter Vickers, I, you know, I'm, I kind of, I kind of predicted that he would make it just because he's actually the only center back in the pool that's played Champions League this year. Yep. He has played through. I mean, they got <laughs> Celtic got essentially smashed every single time, but I believe he played against Real Madrid. Yeah, twice. Well, he, he was not there the second time, actually. Yeah, but when they were playing in uh, Glasgow, which is where Celtic plays. Yes. Almost said they were playing in Celtic. Um, he was starting against Benzema. Yeah. And played pretty well. So, you, yeah, you can't say this guy is not battle-tested this year and ready to go. So, yeah, congratulations to, to him. He's, he's stuck with it, and his consistency got him to this World Cup. But yeah, so I think the only other, so then, you know, we talked about, so Scally would be the other one to talk about. I mean, again, he's the one that played, he's another one that played himself in. He has had, he has basically been in every single Bundesliga game for Mucin Gladbach this year. Mucin Gladbach isn't great, they're not bad, but if you're a 19-year-old who's playing that much for a decent German team, congratulations, there's your ticket. I mean, that's... Where it, if he'll play, where he falls in the pecking order, I think that's that's still to see. But that's that's good. congratulations to Joe. Yeah, and congratulations to everybody too. That's that's fun. I wish I could go to the World Cup and play one day. Well, you know, Reem's thirty five. I know we can. I'm only thirty two, man. Yeah, you think about it. Like these are almost like those like Oprah. Oprah wasn't a billionaire until she was like fifty five. Like Bill Gates. So and so like didn't do this till this age. Tim Ream made the World Cup when he was thirty four, and Matt Turner didn't start playing soccer until he was a junior in high school. So yeah, this just tells the kids they can live their dreams, and we can still live our dreams. You know, I will be thirty five as well at the twenty twenty six World Cup. Yeah, and we're still playing. So hey, look out, world! Your center back pairing for the twenty twenty six World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> not us <laughs> two, two over 35 year olds not us uh, and so we'll talk about our, the presumptive outside back starters a little bit later probably in Anthony Robinson and Serginho Dest you know for Dest up and down this year he's playing for AC Milan he's, got, he's had a little bit of injury problems but we expect him to be there and be starting for that first game Anthony Robinson I've got a lot to say about him later in this podcast whoa that's a teaser. Yeah. But let's talk about the midfielders. Yes. And let's talk about the one person who's been listed as a forward, basically, for every camp he's been called into besides the World Cup. That's right. Brendan Aronson. Brendan Aronson comes in named as a midfielder. 
not a forward. And for comparison, the forwards group were what you would think of the, the traditional wingers. So like Pulisic, Weah, uh, Gio, they were all listed as forwards. But not Aronson. So let's let's go through. So Brendan Aronson is the first midfielder. Kellen Acosta, congratulations to him. He just won MLS Cup with LAFC. Scored a great goal. Scored a great goal. Good job. Tyler Adams, of course. Uh, Luca De La Torre, which I thought was interesting. Weston McKenney, of course. Eunice Musa. And Christian Roldan. Whoa. Yes. So, let's continue the Aronson conversation. Does this say anything about how Berhalter's planning to use Brennan Aronson by listing him as a midfielder? I think so. I think that leads it into like that first game. You think about the players that can rotate and be like, okay, they can play here, here. I think Brendan Aarons is probably the most flexible guy, like going for the middle or wing. Mm-hmm. And Reyna and Blosic are monsters on the wing. Mm-hmm. So I think Aarons is the one that can like rotate between them all. But I wouldn't be surprised if like that, almost like that front four, if you have like the two wingers, Blosic, Reyna playing. And then Ferreira, Wea, whoever you put up there, mm-hmm. Aji Wright, they're all like rotating. You just gave away the forward group. <laughs> I, what did I do? <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my God. Go on. Go but, on. Yeah. So we're like, all of them can like rotate and go between each other. Yes. So interchangeable I, yeah, is the word. I, yeah. Interchangeable and fluid. Fluid. Yes. So I think it's going to be a little bit like a little better than like what, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for it. I feel like he's better in the middle, too. He's been, as you showed me, he, he's been playing in the middle for Leeds, which I didn't believe. Yes. But. Under Jesse Marsh. So, Je- so Jesse Marsh's midfield has been Brennan Aronson as the essentially 10-8, high-pressing 8 or 10, whichever you want to call it. And then it's been Tyler Adams and Mark Rocco, who's a Spanish guy who's been, he's been kind, of a, kind of a double, it's almost like a double pivot system. And so, Berhalter may be talking to Marsh on this. My theory, one of the, a theory that I have is that if McKenney is still recovering from the injury up to that Wells game, that Aronson might actually start as that with Musa and Adams in the midfield for the Wales game. Maybe you put McKenney on in the second half to get his legs under him. Mm-hmm. And then you see, and then you reassess for the England game whether you start McKenney or Aronson there. I just, I just, in my gut, I just, I think that could be a tactic that he employs because that's what Aronson, Aronson's been doing all, all Premier League season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, we, so we know the deal in this, in the defensive mid, it's, it's Tyler Adams and then Kellen Acosta to deputize as needed. Um, Luca De La Torre, I was surprised. I was too. I thought that he, that his injury ruled him out. Uh, frankly, I don't know when he's going to be actually 100% fit. Will it not be to, to the Iran game? I don't know. But I think I think if this is a clear case of Berhalter wanting to keep these guys that he's had throughout qualifying together. Mm-hmm. And that's that's exhibit A in that. Yeah, so. but that's where I, I get confused in the consistency with that, though. Because if you wanted to keep the people that were there for qualifying, wouldn't you call in Zach Steffen as the third goalkeeper? Exactly. Exactly. So like, I'm a little thrown off by that. I am too. And I, I feel like if we're looking at the roster, the biggest ri- risk is Luca de, de la Torre. Yeah. Because... From a health <laughs> perspective. Yep. Yeah, I feel like you're going to have to rotate the midfield the most. 
mm-hmm. um, besides Adams. But who like for Delatore, you have Musa starting. He's injury prone and younger. So like Kellen Acosta is going to be back up there. And then Luca Delatore would be the third option, but he can get hurt because he's recovering from an injury. Yeah. So I feel like that's a bigger risk than calling in like a Tillman or somebody else. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that's a good way to think about it because we know Adam's backup is Kellen Acosta. We think there might be some interchangeability between Aronson and McKenney. But when it comes to who's Musa's back backup, is it Christian Roldan? Is it Luca De La Torre whenever he's available? Would he do something else with that midfield? I, I think maybe that's it, but it's it's a very interesting one. So I mean I think we all expect either the MMA or the MAA with Aronson mm-hmm. in there. But we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um all right. Since you kind of did a spoiler alert on the forwards. Yeah, but before we get into that, let's talk about Christian Rodon. Okay, let's talk about it. So him. what is his role? What do you think his role is with Oh, us? clearly a locker room guy. Sorry, we just Cros- got distracted by Crosby bringing in a giant hedgehog. Crosby, that's a very nice hedgehog you got there. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> and the hedgehog makes noises, folks. Yes, a lot of noises. <laughs> We might have heard this on a previous episode, actually. Yeah. The famous hedgehog. Oh, and there it keeps it goes. coming and coming and coming. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, that's not a duck. That's a hedgehog. Yes, it is a nice hedgehog. Hopefully, now you hear the, the fun squeaking that this room always picks up. Yeah. All right, what were you saying, Jake? Yeah, but Christian O'Don is definitely that locker room guy. Yeah. He's one of the smarter minds in Major League Soccer. Really might not make a huge impact on the field but can help with the tactical decisions or just like helping with that communication with players. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe in that Wales and England game, maybe we're holding on to a tie. Maybe we're holding on to a, a one goal lead. And in the 80th minute, we want to give Musa, we want to get Musa out of there because maybe he's laboring a bit. He'd be a perfectly fine substitute. Roldan would for that last 10 minutes just to hold everything down. So maybe that's his role, but we'll, we'll see. But Hey, I mean, the combination of his solid play over the past however many years in MLS and his personality, it sounds like, that got him on the team. So mm-hmm. good job. All right, are we ready to move to forwards? Yes, we can move forward to the forwards. We can move forward. Only forward. That is the, the slogan for this year. Do you know, do you know that? No. Well, it, it started a while ago, but the, our, our slogan, I guess you want to call it, is only forward. There was a big to-do about it on the on the roster release show. So, only forward, Jake. Only forward. Only forward. All right. The forwards that we have. Jesus Ferreira of FC Dallas. Mm-hmm. Jordan Morris, which was an interesting inclusion. Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna. Josh Sargent. Tim Weah, Haji Wright. Did I miss anybody? I think that's it. No, you crushed it. Okay, so let's start with the obvious ones. We all knew, we all assumed Jesus Ferreira would be the the first number nine striker to go. Mm -hmm. We all knew Pulisic and Reyna were going. We all pretty much knew Tim Weah was going. Mm -hmm. I think the conversation pieces are Jordan Morris, Josh Sargent, and Haji Wright. What were your reactions, Jake? 
Well, the reactions at first were interesting because you look around and be like, okay, Ricardo Pepe helped with qualifying and then has been really hot recently. But when you look at like the full work, Sargent's been playing really well in tougher competition. Haji Wright is the second leading goal scorer in a European league. Yep, in Turkey. Yep. Turkey. They always, it always comes back to Turkey. Somehow. Turkey. You know, we, we used to say Turkey was where U.S. men's national team dreams go to die. die. But Haji Wright, Haji Wright has, has moved. broken that glass ceiling. Yeah. But, well, uh, I'm actually I'm excited for that. Because um, I think, like, when we talk about it, like, the... You play like a false nine, which I don't know if that's the best thing to do in the international Who can? stage. We can. Who can? Who can play the false nine? What player? Jesus Ferreira. Jesus Ferreira is a nine. How is he it? He can false? play a false nine. He can hold back and be like a center forward instead of a striker. So what's the difference between a center forward and a striker? The striker holds up the ball, plays it, and is expected to finish goals. The center forward holds up and distributes, and plays to the wingers that are running off of them. So an old school Roberto Firmino for Liverpool versus an early Erling Holland for Man City. Yes, is the difference that we're yes. talking about here. Okay, well, I just kind of want whoever's going to score. So, but yeah, no, I mean, Haji Wright gives us a different different look. He's a big physical guy. I guess you could. I guess you could say Josh Sargent is pretty physical too. The 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 thing that Burhalter said about Josh Sargent was his his time in England, basically, mm-hmm. that he had has faced this kind of Welsh and English competition for a while, and so that's kind of an edge that he has over somebody like Pifak, who I think was per, for some a surprise exclusion. I wasn't totally surprised, um, but I actually called Haji Ray. He did. I call I we I sent an email out to a little core group of soccer fans, and I said, "Calling it right now, Haji Wright is the su- surprise inclusion." I thought it was going to be Pepe. I I'll, I wouldn't I will not lie. I did not think that Sargent would get on and that it would be Pepe instead. But here we are with Sargent and Haji Wright. So yeah, and it's also like the flexibility with the players too, right? Like mm-hmm. Sargent can play on the wing. I think Haji Wright can play the wing too. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so good rotation between those ones, and I think if you look at it and like who they were going head to head against, like Haji Wright should beat out Pepe based on his form and uh, what he's been doing for the last like year and putting his whole work together. And then for Josh Sargent, like beating out who would he be beating out? He'd be beating up Pifak and or uh, Pepe. Yeah, which, I mean, based on like what he's doing and where he's playing, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then if you look at the wingers, like you have everybody on there. And then like the surprise for me was like Jordan Morris. Yep. But yep. I think he's going to be instrumental as for the plan of how he's going to be used. Yeah. yeah, the thing that Jordan Morris has is that speed. So yeah. I think... I think Berhalter clearly wanted to maximize that. And you know what speed does? Speed kills. kills. And speed kills. he also had that, uh, what, six-month loan in Wales? Yeah, he did. Swansea City? He did. You know who else had that same loan? Yeah, Paul Ariola, which is heartbreaking for him not to make it. Paul Ariola. You know, so th- I, think, I think the sentiment was that 
it was either Jordan Morris or Paul Areola that was going to go. Mm-hmm. You couldn't take both, really, given the depth that you already have there at wing. Yeah, it's it stinks for Areola. I don't think he's put a foot wrong uh, for both club and country over these past few years. Had a great MLS season, helped out in qualifying very nicely. Mm-hmm. It's just tough. I mean, I my guess is that he's that very first alternate that he that that Burhalter has. If anything should happen, knock on wood, in in the next eleven days. But you mean like this weekend? <laughs> yeah. This. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the other crazy thing about this is that. Uh, most of these European guys that we're talking about have one more game to go for their clubs. Oh, man. Talk about living on a knife's edge if anything should happen to them. But, yeah. And so, you were in the top 30. You were in the top 27, I'd say. Or 28, maybe, Areola. Mm-hmm. You can only take 26. You were in my top 26, Paul. As I think mine, too. I think mine, too. But it was just that corn, coin flip. Mm-hmm. Between him and Morris. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about it, you you already have that Paul Ariola coming off the bench if Aronson's not starting. Because that they're very similar players, disrupting, trying to be like progressive yep. and go up the field and literally almost like a like to like besides skill set. Um so you already have that kind of player there to come off the bench or start. But I think that Jordan Morris is that super sub to go and try to get a goal and if we're zero zero against Belgium and the game's about to end, I trust Jordan Morris instead of uh, Chris Wondolowski. <laughs> oh Wando, oh Wando. Uh, all right, Jake. Well, let's let's ask a a big question here. Who are the three key players that will either decide the success of the U.S. men's national team in Qatar? Or will be the most influential for our success? However you want to define it. Who are those three guys mm-hmm. that are going to be the most important guys and kind of define how far our ceiling is? Yeah, so my first guy is Walker Zimmerman. The strongest center back, top center back, and needs to be the most influential, controlling the back, winning the balls in the air. And every set piece, he needs to make sure we're organized and win the ball because set pieces are so key. And I'm predicting he's going to score a goal off a set piece in the World Cup. Wow. Mm-hmm. Bold prediction. Yeah. Well, I got two bold predictions. That's one. Ooh. Uh, the, second one the second player I have is Reyna um, being probably the key clog in the midfield and winger. Okay. Um, because I feel he's going to like play <clears throat> in the middle and on the wing. But he's going to be creating a lot. And I think all the eyes are going to be on Christian Pulisic. But... If you're following and you know Claudio Reyna, he's gone through so much. Claudio, wow, great job! Wow, Throw talk back. about talk about the talk about old players coming back. Yeah, um, but Gio has been part of that scene. He was part of the 17 and under 20, yeah, the U20 World Cup teams that made those yeah. runs, beat France in the knockout stages and everything like that. So I'm excited to see him make a huge impact, and I think like he's going to be our set piece guy. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So those are the two players that I think are be really key. And then the third one is going to be the super subs. Uh, so this is where I look at Jordan Morris coming in saying, like, hey, can he go get a goal? And my prediction is two goals from Jordan Morris. Off two the goals? Two Jordan goals. Morris? Two goals. He's going to put the Wales game away from us, and then he's going to score in the knockout round. In the knockout. Okay. I was about to say, I don't think he's seeing much of the field at all in the – 
screw play, to be honest. But hey, go super at sub. it. Go at super it. Super sub, sub to go and clinch the game. Um, okay. And then, like, not only him, but, like, that, who's going to come off the bench first? Is it right. that Brendan Aronson who's going to go and get chaos created? Yeah. Is it going to be Kellen Acosta who's coming in and going to be the guy that has to play the set pieces when he comes on the field? Yeah. Or is it going to be one of the right backs, left backs that come and get that subbed on? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So your answers are the solidness of Walker Zimmerman, Gio Reyna as our X-Factor, and super sub, potentially Jordan Morris. Okay. And Kellen Acosta. That's four, Jake. We need only three. Yeah, but I'm, we're talking about the super sub position. Oh, super sub Whoever's position. taking that role. I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, but the more, like, Zimmerman is more like the set pieces. Because set pieces are so key in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, well, I, so for me, and I talk about this pretty much every time we have this podcast, Anthony Robinson is might be the most important player on the field for us. Because he, if he's on his game, he can absolutely eliminate mm-hmm. one whole side of the field, one whole sideline, both defensively and offensively. He can be he can be in twenty places at once along that end line, or sorry, sideline, not end line. If he is on his game and dominating that left side, that it just gives us such an advantage. Uh, immediately, you know, just neutralizing any any kind of attack that comes from from his side. Mm-hmm. If he's not on his game for whatever reason, and we're vulnerable vulnerable on his side, that's another story. But throughout qualifying, that's exactly what he did. He just kind of locked down sides. So that's what I'm. That's my first key position slash player. Secondly, Yudis Musa. I think we know what Adams is going to do. We know. Basically, what McKenney and/or Aronson would do as a an attacking number eight, if Musa can get in there and unbalance the mid other the opposing midfields and be that X factor and and you know drive in with the ball when from when unexpected from from our own half into their own half and beat a couple guys on the dribble and then distribute to our wingers, mm-hmm. that would also be such a game changing thing to have. For us, and so that's my second one, and then third, it's just it's the striker position, right? Mm-hmm. It's, but you gotta you gotta pick a player instead of a position. Well, I okay, all right. So I, it, let's uh, let me say this: I think it's Tim Weah, and not as a striker, but mm-hmm. as a winger who will score goals. He, I think, he's our most direct to goal winger. Mm-hmm. He's like that perfect winger slash striker. And I think his absence in our recent friendlies was very apparent. And I think his inclusion in World Cup qualifying uh, meant that we had more of an offense than we usually did without him. And so I, I, I personally hope he starts against Wales, mm-hmm. first of all. And second of all, I think he's going to be integral to a lot of our attacks. So, so that's it. Robinson, Musa, and Weah. Those are my guys. Nice. So we're we're all saying one defender, one attacker. You're you're saying you're you're kind of saying two attackers with like a super sub. Super sub yeah. Super sub that'll be an X factor going forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. All right. All right, Jake. Well, let's let's talk about Wales tactics and England tactics if you want, but just quickly. I mean, the Wales Wales and England has announced have announced their teams. Mm-hmm. 
you know, all the guys, all the stars, you have Bale, you have Ramsey for Wales, you have a, you have a solid team behind them of a bunch of EPL and championship players, tip, uh, basically. Just a solid, solid group all around. Don't really have a glaring weakness in many places. Um, not not the most talented everywhere, but not a glaring weakness. And then there's England. You got Harry Kane. You have Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice. You have Marcus Rashford and Jack Grealish and Raheem Sterling. All the guys that you see day in and day out in the EPL. What? So let's let's start with the Wales game. What are your what are your early tactic predictions there? So I think we're gonna try to play with a false nine and try to break them down. That's where I see Ferreira playing the mid, like in the middle and like holding with the center forward. Yeah, the center forward, <laughs> uh, trying to get the ball and distribute it instead of trying to be the goal scorer that we need in the middle. Okay. So I don't think you're gonna be able to cross the ball, and I think you're gonna to have to go and break them down. Okay. So we're gonna to have to be creative, play quick, and go and try to score the goals. But I think the back four, I think. With Long and Zimmerman training, how many days have they been training? Almost like two, three weeks together. Yeah, and a little MLS camp that they're doing. Yeah, so they've been training together. And I think that whole back line is going to be pretty strong for that game. And I don't see us giving up a goal. I think we're going to keep the clean sheet and get a goal early. And then get a second goal later on in the game. Okay. So we are going to be on the front foot. Yeah, we're going to be on the front foot. We're going to be creative. We're going to be trying to possess the ball off the field. Okay. Try to break them down, and we're gonna break them down early, on a like a quick press, square goal, hold on to the ball, and then just uh, finish it in the end. I hope we finish it in the end. And we'll win two nil. <laughs> two nil. Yeah. Wow. But the, I'm, I mean, I, I'm looking at the lineup, like the roster. It's not like no mad scary roster. No, absolutely. It's it's they've got a lot of championship players in there. They've mm-hmm. got. You know, guys that play for teams like Nottingham Forest. They've got a few Fulham guys. Um, it's, you know, it, like I said, it's solid up to down. It's not standout up and down. And, they're, and their star players are they're a little bit older. They're Bale's 33, Aaron Ramsey 31. Dealing, they, they've been dealing with injury in their late careers. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly a winnable game for us. I wonder, I have this, this theory. So I think the whole world expects us to do what you think we're going to do. Be in the front foot, high press, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder if we're actually going to play a little mind game and also sit back, which I don't know how this will play out. If both teams sit back, I don't know how that's going to play out. But just be more, or maybe kind of press in the first five minutes and then go back. I just wonder if there's a little bit of a mind game where we might be a little bit more conser- more conservative than people think, but look to, to break on the counter for the Wales game and then go after England like you're talking about going after Wales. I just wonder because, man, all the, all the mind games and the trickery and how we, how we looked in those friendlies... You just wonder if there's a, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of trickeration going on there. I, I think that's overanalyzing. <laughs> I think if you just play your style, you play something you're going to command the game, and you go and try to win the game. Yes. No mind games. Just play the best you can and go for it. 
I get it. I get uh, it. Yeah, but I was looking, trying to look at the stats last time we played him in uh, 2020. Guess, uh, try to guess how many players from the World Cup team are starters for the United States. When, and when we played them in the U20? And when we played, it, played them in 2020, 2020 as a friendly in Drew 0 I'm guessing two. Uh, we actually have five starters. Six. Six starters that made the roster. Okay. Okay. So you have Zach Steffen as the keeper, Anthony Robinson, Jonathan Brooks, Matt Miazga, Serginio <laughs> Dest, Weston McKenney, Tyler Adams, Musa, Giorena, Conrad De La Fuente, and then uh, Leget as your striker. Oh man. So if you're if you're looking at this, like you're playing a false nut. That's true. That's true. It gave you a result last time, so why wouldn't you go with it again? <laughs> A center forward. Oh, I don't know, time. because it was two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it did something. All right, all right, all right. I don't know. I, have, I just have this weird feeling about it. I just have this weird feeling about it. Berhalter, he's a ah, sneaky guy sometimes. He's a yeah. sneaky guy. But, yeah, I mean, so talking about England a little bit. England probably won't be scared of us. I, the thing about England, though, it's... They are a very defensive team under Gareth Southgate. They're, they're not expansive. They're not free-flowing or anything like that. So you wonder. I think it's a mystery how they'll come out. I think we'll, they're obviously going to have to come out flying against Iran in the first game because that's a must-get win for them. But mm-hmm. that second game for them, it's kind of an awkward spot. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It is. If they don't get a win against Iran, if they draw against Iran, all the pressure is on them. Yes. And that is going to be very, very difficult. Yes. And we know they're a super strong team. Very, very great up front, but the back line and the goalkeeper are very mistake prone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They so, have to been historically. Yeah. So what, what do we do well at the World Cup? What's our American mentality? Sit back. And hit on the counter. And press. We have the people to do it. Um, if you press with, like, I think Aaronson, you're going to have all the players that play in the Premier League starting this game. Okay. So, okay. like, you know the system they're playing. You already have, like, the people going head-to-head against them day in and day out. Or, like, train with them. Okay. So, so them Tim out. Ream starts the second game. Yeah. Tim Ream, 100%. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think Sargent starts as that striker for that game. Um, trying to hit like with speed up top too. So should be fun, exciting. And I'm I'm really optimistic about that game too. The one game I am not optimistic about is Iran. Yeah, well, I mean it'll just be a whole different I, it it'll be it that game could be anything. It could be up oh, we're already out of the World Cup. It could be we gotta win this game to win the group. Or it could be we got to win this game to survive. Mm-hmm. Or it could be we just need to tie. Yeah. We'll just it could be any of the hurt. scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 11 days, Jake. I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. It hasn't hit me yet. We have a roster, but it still hasn't hit me. Yeah, I know. It doesn't feel like a World Cup. No, it does not. No, but also the one thing that we're not thinking about the Wales game is uh, the crowd. The crowd. What about it? So, Americans always travel for the World Cup. We're always yes. the country that buys the most tickets. Okay. Do you think we'll have a home crowd advantage for the first game? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we'll have a home crowd advantage for that game and the Iran game. I think the England game will probably be 50 50. Mm-hmm. So, I don't but, it, we, we just don't know much about how those stadiums will feel feel atmosphere-wise, right? Yeah, that's true. Will they be loud? Will they be quieter? I don't know. It's, gonna, it's so interesting. These are brand new stadiums, so we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if Tim Ream can make it, there's another aged forward striker that maybe he could make it too. Maybe he's on the alternate list, Jake. Yeah, I know. He's a, he'll be over there because he's... A, he will be yeah. over there. So is he still eligible for the U.S. men's national team? I don't know. Did he ever retire? Did he ever? Did he ever officially retire? I don't think so. I don't think Clint Dempsey ever did that. Clint Dempsey. Well, and Stu Holden will be there as well. So if something happens to a lot of players... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a center back, Lexi Wallace, can go in there too. Oh, jeez. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, well, hey, we all, he'll be over there. And you know what? That, that gives us comfort that Clint Dempsey, World Cup legend, will be there with the team. Yes. And on that note, he says, Don't